Hey there, this is a short episode because uh, due to the layoffs that the company did a few weeks ago, it left us feeling bad about WWE wrestling. So uh, this is this is all we're going to put out for WrestleMania. It's been like a month anyway, but I just wanted to have this heads up before you're wondering how we talked about all of WrestleMania in like 30 minutes. So uh this is the only really like great part I felt like I should still put out there after all the time we spent recording. So thanks. Yeah, fuck you, Vince. This was the greatest thing to ever happen at, in wrestling. I sure have. Because I, I did a school assignment on it. <laughs> so, build Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, Ray Wyatt, John Cena comes to SmackDown. Um, he was supposed to be returning in uh, like his hometown area. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was in Massachusetts. It was in Boston. So, it was supposed to be in Boston. It was the first week they did no audience. I think. No, maybe it would have been the last week before they did no audience. One of the two. But John Cena came back, and he's like, there's not going to be a WrestleMania with John Cena. It's for the future. Stars like Drew McIntyre, Velveteen Dream. He said Shayna Baszler, which is a joke because, um... He's only three years older than her. Uh, <laughs> um, and he ended the segment, and the fiend popped up. And then all the stuff from fucking Dave Meltzer. Oh, the, the, the program is that John Cena's gonna go over the fiend because Vince hates the fiend and wants to fuck over Bray Wyatt, which is believable. But also, shut your goddamn mouth. Don't need to. Exp- don't need to know what's gonna happen at WrestleMania before WrestleMania happens. Um. <laughs> So I can say it's bad. <laughs> and <laughs> and um so like he with the promo segments and stuff, he's like Bray Wyatt revealed that the the moment that created The Fiend was when he lost to John Cena at WrestleMania 30. The the big things from that match were he gave the chair to John Cena. John Cena didn't finish him off with the chair. And also Bray Wyatt, they kept showing him doing, he's got the whole world with the whole crowd, which is really cool. Um, So, John Cena very very important line he says in the promo is he's going to put an end to the most overhyped overprivileged like overvalued WWE superstar important line 
So, the match starts. It seems like it's going to be a regular match. <laughs> and John Cena comes out. And it's, re- it's really odd to hear John Cena's music without a crowd. Because you get to actually hear the song. You don't hear John Cena sucks or just people cheering. Um, and he's like, he's kind of like hamming it up a little bit. He's like, oh, there's no crowd. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then it does like the film burn thing. And it's like, has Vince McMahon going like WrestleMania and like cuts to the, um, (laughs) the Firefly Funhouse where Bray says he's going to take him to a world where like real demons live. And it shows like a, probably a stock CG image of what looks like a generic like doom demon. Oh yeah. And so <laughs> this this is so John Cena goes in the funhouse. And and what what happens is that Bray Wyatt takes John Cena through a journey of his career. The first one, the first one is, um, like, John Cena being, like, talking to the puppets. And then he, like, goes, he opens the door and goes in the darkness where he's greeted by the Vince McMahon puppet. (laughs) Yeah, and the Vince McMahon puppet tells him, like, he's like, hey, man, where's that ruthless aggression? Show me the ruthless aggression. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I looked at the line uh, where he says it's going to, like, who are we really and why do we do the things we do? It's like, we're going to see who John Cena is. And this is... It's it's absolutely incredible for them to do a segment where they're basically having John Cena confront his anxieties as a performer. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you watched any of the Ruthless Aggression doc? No. So, the first episode, besides the the one that's after the one where they established what Ruthless Aggression era was, is about John Cena. And it starts off with John Cena saying that his first, like, his debut in WWE and all that stuff was a failure. Like, looking back on it now, 18 years later, was an absolute failure. He failed. And he learned from it, and he was—he's amazed that he was even su- going to succeed. Wow! And so when he when he goes is uh like Vince, I I love I love Vince just redoing the fucking like ruthless aggression thing, and then like who has enough ruthless aggression, and then John Cena. They redo John Cena's debut intercut with um, the footage of John Cena's debut. John Cena, the prototype, he's in the prototype gear. There's the big SmackDown fist. Yeah, he's like walks around it in like this weird, like almost like an eerie void type place. Yeah, and he comes down to the ring and Bray Wyatt is doing the ruthless like doing the Kurt Angle thing what makes you think you can you can stand out here and like hang with me to where he goes he just goes ruthless 
aggression. And then he slaps, and Bray Wyatt ducks under. Yeah. And does it again, Bray Wyatt ducks under. And Ray's like, wow, I don't even know how you thought this could work. It's no wonder you were almost fired. And he, like, does it again. And then it cuts to um, clips, like, pictures of little kid John Cena, like, holding up, like, him with toys and holding up, like, a little, like, paper championship belt he made. Yeah. And then it cuts into a Saturday night main event, the opening, with, like, show, mm-hmm. like showing, like, Hogan and stuff. And mm-hmm. they have, like, a VHS filter. And um, they go back to the 80s, basically, where uh, – what was what was Cena's – Cena's name in this segment. His name was like Johnny McMuscles or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and basically he he goes back to and that's his gimmick is that he's a muscly guy. He's got a big body and he's there with with Bray Wyatt who's also kind of like working out there behind a cage. It has like the kitschy like goofy setup when he's mm-hmm. doing the like pumping with the uh dumbbells barbells whatever the small ones are uh we see uh the sister abigail puppet i think it's just abby but we know it's supposed to be like mouth goes agape because that vince so vince loves his beefcakes yeah so um and this is this is like cena if he if he would have made the debut one like during the time when he was a kid he would have just been, he, he, for a lot of his time, he has no standout characteristics, and John Cena knows he has no standout character characteristics as a performer, as as a character in the business. In the '80s, he just would have been some guy. Mm-hmm. He would have been some buff guy. Vince hired him to be a beefcake. He can work well, but he's not Hogan, so who gives a shit? He comes out to help Hogan. That's his job. He's like Lex yeah. Luger. They might build him up to take over for Hogan, but who cares, Hogan? Right. So from this we transition into Word Life Thugonomics. Yeah. And because we we get a segment of John Cena in the ring rhyming but not realizing he's rhyming at first. Yeah. Uh the before the segment the bit the major thing that uh Bray Wyatt says is in a Hulk Hogan voice, what you gonna do? When you realize egomania has been run wild on you, because it's it's been about John Cena for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like John Cena in the Thugonomics gear at forty two years old is really funny. It's really cool. It's two years in a row we've gotten it at WrestleMania. Yeah, like and the Thugonomics thing was just by accident. Like he talked about on the Ruthless Aggression doc, he was in the back of the bus with Ray. Mis- he he heard like Rikishi and Ray Mysterio like freestyling. Yeah, he's like I can do that, and he's really good at that. He's talked about how all of his raps he just did off the top of his head. Yeah, they were never scripted, and they like, uh, they they go back like he he does it, and like Bray's just laughing at him for what he's doing. He's he's. And he he goes back to his, like, the juvenile antics he had when he did this, which is, like, he said, like, the the thing, the the line that he says is, like, 
you're a slut for opportunity, you owe like you always blow your chances. Like <laughs> he says like goofy like provocative uh, bullshit stuff that like he that. did when he was first doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Back in like, like 2001. The, the AA was the FU. Yeah. Um I guess the STF used to be called the STFU because mm-hmm. uh, that makes sense because it's like a face lock. And then, uh, oh, I get so like, and he's he's basically like he's a uh, how, how like ridiculous it is that he's playing this character. It's not who he is at all, and that's why that's also why it do- doesn't work out as and why it ran its course is because it's not him. Like it's it's completely a character. Yeah, there's there's no part of him in that character. And that's that's what that's what Bray Wyatt is like revealing to him is like the thing that made you successful isn't you. It's it's something you made up so you could keep your job, and you were lucky that you were able to do it. <laughs> yeah, very very <laughs> close to getting fired, and just this yeah. weird talent that everyone found. Yeah, is and what he, kept him going. He called he he called Bray Wyatt Husky Harris, mm-hmm. which I think is is great. Um, because that's who he was before he was Bray Wyatt. And, like, we've talked about what we've talked about Husky Harris. He just looks like the dude who doesn't stop talking about Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Husky Harris is is not, like, a a character either. Yeah. It's it's not, like, great either, but the, the point Bray as a character is making here is... Like I had to work. It's it's really like weird. It's not weirdly, but it's it's like super meta and like almost breaks kayfabe. Like this whole thing. Yeah. Is I had to work to become this this character that people love, and you fell into the character that broke in, and then you didn't even use that character when you were at the top. The character that you are now and that you became also isn't a character. Like, if you think about John Cena, like, there's nothing... John Cena is a shonen character. There's nothing yeah. about him. He's, like, a bad shonen character. Like, that's mean, yeah. but he, he's just strong and beats people. Like, that's it. Yep. And they, like... that. That's 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 the big thing that they recontextualize this is, like... They, they put it in a way... Like, this is almost actualizing a, a much better way than the pipe bomb. Because we're, we're getting, like, a visualization of it. The mm-hmm. big thing with the pipe bomb was like uh cm punk being like john cena gets to beat all these guys who are hard workers they deserve the chances too but it's just john cena and that's mm-hmm. what this is and like wyatt was because you you see like the hurt in bray wyatt's face when he's like i don't get those opportunities like you did john you were given all that because the boss liked you it wasn't it there's a level of hard work in it of course like i I fully appreciate John Cena's work, not only in acting and everything, but Mm -hmm. he was absolutely given that train ride to the top. And Bray Bray Wyatt, you can tell the amount of work, this segment proves the amount of work he puts into his character, into all of his stuff. And he he says, (laughs) I, I pull up this quote here, you're not a hero, John, you're a bully, you're a horrible person, you take the weaknesses of others and you turn them into jokes. You do anything for fame, John. Congratulations, you're the man now, John. Poor, lonely John Cena. Ooh. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> Poor and, lonely John Cena may be about how he he didn't really step on backs, but like he didn't make a ton of friends in that role of being the man for the company. And also yeah. his fiance and him separated recently. So maybe I, there might have been yep. something about the Bellas in there. I think at one point at I know I know Bray I can't remember the pop but he did say you can look but you can't touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. And like um, the, the fall fall after that it, uh Bray Wyatt switched to um his original Bray Wyatt gimmick the like spooky Southern Bayou cult leader thing. Yeah, and he um. Basically, they they redo WrestleMania 30, uh, when that that was like when Bray Wyatt was at the at a peak for his original incarnation of that character, yeah. Um, and he's put into a thing with Cena, and for the most part, looks pretty neat. And he was a standout thing, like very similar to like what makes uh Matt Hardy's broken character so interesting is that it's like. His, it's something so interesting new for wrestling and then he gets thrown into wrestlemania with john cena the guy the big man in the company and he loses bray wyatt just lost like there wasn't it wasn't like oh man i don't know if cena's gonna make it like you know from the beginning cena's cena's gonna do it uh even the most the biggest part in the one they keep driving to which i think is important i'm glad that they did that for this is that when he th- gave him the chair and was telling him to end him which i think is a good character trait for john and for bray wyatt to do because john Cena is mm-hmm. not going to he's the he's the superhero good guy hulk hogan he loves the troops say your prayers take your vitamins brother yeah like and you just become a superhero and this was this was a moment where um this could this could have like helped Bray Wyatt by putting him over uh but because um Vince doesn't like any of Bray Wyatt stuff because he doesn't get it like he absolutely just doesn't get it yeah he, he didn't that's why he doesn't like this match because he didn't understand it and what he could glean from it it was yeah. critiquing what he had done with John so like he does not gonna, he's not gonna like that so yeah. and in the ring with Bray he like they recreate the moment with the chair except John Cena does it he actually takes the chair to him, and then <laughs> in the best the fucking part, craziest part, is he he becomes the third man. He yeah. he swings the chair, and instantly we get the Monday Nitro opening, which is fucking incredible. I was like <laughs> bouncing around in my living room. Uh, one of my cousins was over who, this was her first night ever really watching wrestling ever. She's like 12. Yeah. Um, she's like, I, <laughs> I don't fucking understand this at all. If this is wrestling, I yeah. hate this. She, she, she was locked into the Edge versus Orton, which I think was really interesting. Like she was like, when Edge was about to not stand up, she was like, oh no. Like I heard it. <laughs> it was making my mom <laughs> laugh. But like, it's like, I'm just, I'm just like acting like a, a monster. And it's, he he did he did the heel turn move and it switches to Monday Nitro and Bray Wyatt is doing an Eric Bischoff impression in the uh, Wolfpack NWO shirt. I think Wolfpack was the red one in Hollywood yeah. was white, but it doesn't matter for the segment. But it's just 
little detail because they're still on opposite sides. Yep, that's um, why I think it's brilliant. And he's like, he this recreates like the end of an NWO moment. Like, you know what I really, really want to do? And he's playing with Eric Bischoff, and he just introduces John Cena, who comes out in an NWO hat, NWO shirt, and the NWA World Heavyweight title. <laughs> with the spray-painted NWO, he comes out playing to the uh, NWO music, like, doing the air guitar like Hogan did. And this is... This is a huge thing because uh, he's... Um, that's a big thing is like a lot of people said John Cena should turn heel, when yeah. he was, especially when he's on his super babyface run. Yeah, he, he needs Pre- to turn pre-US title open challenge. Everyone just <laughs> wanted him to be a heel. Yeah, because especially once run his course, like he's been a face for so long, ever since he beat JBL, basically, like <laughs> when he yeah. when he won his first world title, he's been a face ever since. And it's like like with Hogan, when he did the heel, this is similar to when Hogan did the heel turn, because I was late in the career. Hogan in 96 should not have been getting those world title opportunities. Like, Absolutely not, and he was going to get them regardless, <laughs> but it makes it a little bit better because he did turn heel. Yeah, like he, he reinvented his character, he became someone new. That's what a lot of people wanted to uh, John Cena to do. And the o- only time... Uh, Cena is able to do that is in this imaginary hellscape world. It's fucking brilliant. It's it's <laughs> a, it's actually incredible. <laughs> it's and then like this new this new angry NWO Cena um is he like he starts to beat the shit out of Bray Wyatt. And <laughs> who is representing Eric Bischoff? Yeah, and if when he like starts pounding into him, it switches to um, uh, the Huskus the pig. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had I have this pulled up so I can see a list of what was happening going on, because it goes by quick. They show all of the like. The worst things that have happened in Cena's career since he was like Super Cena. The shot of the If Cena Wins We Riot at One Night Stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edge cashing in the first ever money in the bank. Um, when he lost to Shawn Michaels on Raw. When he lost to Batista at uh, Elimination Chamber 2010. Losing to Miz at 20, WrestleMania 27. Um, CM Punk. His like, uh, goodbye kiss to yeah. uh, Vince McMahon and everything. Um, Cena when he looked dejected after losing to The Rock at WrestleMania 28, losing to Randy Orton at TLC 2013 when to unify the uh, World Heavyweight and WWE Championship. When uh, Suplex City got created at SummerSlam, when he got like the stupid um. Like super amount of suplexes, probably the um, beginning of the finisher spam. When uh, he lost to AJ Styles and basically signified that he was going to uh, 
go do movies more putting over Roman at no mercy and then when he lost to the Undertaker two years ago at Wrestlemania Which has been a downslide for him for a long time now, and the character of John Cena, the character John Cena, not the man, recognizes yeah. a lot of that. You know, he, what, what was the Elimination Chamber thing? It was, you know, I, I have to go to WrestleMania. I don't have a choice anymore. I'm, I've been missing out on a lot of opportunities, which hasn't happened to me, and I gotta <laughs> do something. So kind yeah. of throwing that in his face <laughs> about, like, you're not who you once were. Yeah, that's that was pretty good. Yeah, uh, and like this is this whole thing is John Cena realizing the downward slope of his career. Like, yeah, he is he is forty two. This is the time when he should he shouldn't be uh in the main event. He should be putting over other stars, and. After like John Cena realizes he's not he's not punching Bray Wyatt he's punching Huskis the pig, which is the like the younger Bray Wyatt, mm-hmm. and what he's doing there is he he is hurting an up and coming star who doesn't deserve it who had an opportunity because <laughs> that very obviously pig represents Husky Harris the yep. name is obvious but like when they introduced it it was very obviously like that kind of thing and. It's <laughs> John Cena is what the company wants. The company man Bray Wyatt never was Husky. And, yeah, like an, a, a a bigger guy, you know, who in an age when you're not going to let guys cut promos or anything, yeah, and you're not going to let them have substantial matches or relationships with people at the top of the card. He's not going to get to do anything. Yeah, and John Cena's taking all that screen time. Yeah. And Bray Wyatt, as the fiend, he, he says, let me in. And then he he does the mandible claw and takes down John Cena without any effort. John Cena's not kicking out at two. And as he has the mandible claw in, says the most overhyped, zooming in on his face as he's saying it, overprivileged, overrated talent in, <laughs> in WWE as he's putting him down. And regular Bray Wyatt comes in for the three count. And John Cena is gone. And when John Cena said he was doing that, it's because he was... It's him. He was the person he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And this whole time, John Cena, was, John Cena was the bad guy the whole time. Because he was stopping all those opportunities. Even, ultimately, like, he was doing his job. He was doing what he was told to, so this also represents Vince McMahon. John Cena is all of Vince McMahon's failures, too. Mm-hmm. Which is why Vince doesn't like this match. It's... This whole time, John Cena was taking away all this stuff, and at WrestleMania 30, he put a stop to someone he absolutely should have been putting over. Yep. Especially six years ago... John Cena that that like even six years ago John Cena was on that upward like climb to doing more and more movies and stuff less time with WWE more time in Hollywood and in movies and shows and things like that so yeah he probably should have transitioned to be a part-timer after you know 10 years of what he was doing 
And then John Cena's just gone, and it ends, and it fades <laughs> fades out from from the Firefly Funhouse segment to Titus O'Neil, just like I don't know what the fuck I just watched. Yeah. Yeah, because because Gronk was the host of WrestleMania, and then Gronk pinned whoever was the twenty four seven champion. I think his, I think Mojo Rawley was, yeah. And and then and then Gronk left, and then like later on in the show, Titus O'Neil was like, "I'm the host now. What's up, guys?" And I was like, "Cool, Titus." And then after the Firefly Funhouse, just Titus O'Neil looks like he's witnessed a murder, and he's just like, <laughs> I, don't, "I don't know what that was." They 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 recontextualized eighteen years of a man's career, mm-hmm. eighteen years of failure by not only the WWE writing staff and bookers and chairmen's, but also how John Cena was just sort of along for a ride of a company's product becoming less and less interesting and how there were plenty of people that could have taken over the mantle of people like Stone Cold and The Rock and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker and Kurt Angle and Goldberg and Brock Lesnar, but they didn't, they haven't, and they probably won't utilize these people in proper ways they'll just continue to go back to the well over and over and over again and that's going to become a really big problem in the next decade when goldberg and taker and triple h and michaels and cena can't wrestle and you haven't built up stars to take over their place and one day you look around at america airlines arena and it's empty because they don't know who ricochet is they don't know who mustafa ali is they show up because daniel bryan is on the card or seth rollins is rollins is on the card or roman reigns is on the card and what happens when they start to fade out when they start to do less what are you gonna do you're just gonna create another super cena that's not good it's not working with roman it's not working with roman and if you try it again that could be it but there's a lot of people that could take over those roles. Yeah. And maybe there's some reflection Vince McMahon has 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 done has done since seeing that match where he's maybe not mad and maybe has had like he he I really hope he finds some appreciation for someone that he pays using his platform, someone that he trusts to produce content. Firefly Funhouse is something that he works on, he makes decisions on, Bray Wyatt does. Um kind of telling him through potentially one of the one of the most true to art type things that has ever come out of WWE hey there's something wrong with the system <laughs> i doubt he will cuz he's Vince McMahon i shouldn't I be know. so pessimistic about it but it would be nice if if Vince maybe watched that again and went okay and and maybe had someone explain it to him cuz i don't know if he can glean from that from just watching what it is uh and it, it it's one of the most interesting things i've ever seen wwe do from any any era i've seen stuff from and it's if you're gonna watch this wrestlemania watch watch ripley versus flair and then watch this those are the two must-see things i think yeah, main event. Absolutely, events. main event is pretty good too. But if you're tired of Brock, probably skip it. 
he uh like look at 13 time WWE championship, three time world heavyweight, five time United States, two time WWE tag team, Miz and David Otunga, two time world tag team with Batista and Shawn Michaels, Money in the Bank 2012, Royal Rumble 2008 2013. Like, it's the most storied person recently. Like, all these all these accolades. And after that match, he's he's the monster. He's the bad guy. None of it This is the time to do the heel turn, right? He should it's just not t- ever wrestle again. <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's too late. Like, he should not ever wrestle again, I 100% agree with, but there's no way that's going to happen. Yeah, no. the crown prince and owners of big arenas in this country for WrestleMania want to see him there on the card. So they, I think they could tickets. they could drag it out. John Cena could just job out. He I, could he could like he could be. <laughs> this is too much for them to do, but he could be like a lifeless husk. Like he could just be like. Not physically emaciated, though that would help sell it. But John Cena has to be in like movies with the rock so he's gotta be fucking jacked he's gotta be uh, big yeah um isn't it crazy how the rock is bigger now than he was when he was a wrestler mm-hmm. it's uh, fucking but, insane but um he's just like he comes out to his music he's not enthusiastic he's like they can like assuming it's if his schedule would let him and he could do it for like SummerSlam, wrestlemania like big big pay-per-views for a rumble like he yeah. comes out his music, but he's not energetic. Either. He's just like lifeless, depressed. He goes through the match, doesn't win, and then he uh, we get we get something from that. Like he, he yeah, th- and he can end his career, and that leads up to him like realizing, like I I like audibly him saying it. I was the bad guy the whole time, and then at like a WrestleMania, he like he gets his energy back and. He wins a world title, so he can hit 17. He can break that record. He he's get a comeback for John Cena before he's gone, and then in his final match, he he does put someone over who needs it, like Alistair Black. Alistair Black, Dr- Velveteen Dream. Dream. Velveteen Dream is the best opera. Is that's he, like the he best sings one. praises of Velveteen Dream a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's the best person to do it. I. I think you could totally have a match where it's like both of these people are assholes, but you like Velveteen Dream more because he's not the older asshole. Yeah, <laughs> and you could you could I, whatever way you want to do it. I think this is the time you Cena stays off screen for months, and when he comes back, he comes back at he, like the first pay per view back after the after the pandemic. Like have the main event happening. Like let's call it like Drew McIntyre versus like. Um, I don't know Braun Strowman to unify the titles or something, and they you know they both hit each other with big moves. Cena comes out, no music. He just kind of walked out through the crowd, and he AAs, fucking McIntyre, and just leaves. He's not wearing jorts. He's not wearing a green shirt. He's not wearing a cap. He's just kind of there. Yeah, and everyone's like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> and you know, that leads him to beating you know, Drew McIntyre or Braun Strowman for the universal title. And then he reigns for maybe a year part-timing and doesn't listen to any of the the criticism of like, 
you know, you shouldn't have that. You only wrestle four times a year, blah, 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 and he just doesn't care. And then after the Velveteen Dream has had a couple title reigns with the Intercontinental title, and he has a couple tag title runs underneath him, whatever, he doesn't even have to come to the main roster. Velveteen Dream can go right from NXT to facing John Cena. He, he, I, I, I have 100% confidence in him. He can do that. Um, then he can, yeah, like you said, he can, he can as a heel, put over Velveteen Dream at WrestleMania. Just make sure you have enough promo time. You have enough build-up with Raws and SmackDowns or whatever you're doing, or NXTs, to establish Dream is the face, Cena is the heel. You know, I think it could yeah. be good. And I think this is, this was fantastic. Yeah, it was... Best part about WrestleMania weekend. It, that the Boneyard incredible. match in Ripley versus Flair. Yeah. Uh, it's it's beautiful. It's it transcends wrestling. It's art. Wrestling's art, whatever. There's some people who are like they don't like that comparison because it's someone trying to be pretentious, or I saw some people being like like after the uh the stuff with um Stone Cold and like Fuck you! Wrestling's always been like theater and stuff. You're just you just hate poor people. No, I mean it is, but it's not like avant-garde usually. Like there's nothing avant-garde about a yeah. regular wrestling match. It's it's definitely theater, but it's yeah, like you said, it's not. 